Hey everyone. So, how many of you guys have nice new haircuts now that all the hairdressers have opened up? I'm pleased to say that my kids are really happy that we've actually managed to get a book in because I've been doing my own since lockdown started far too short and they think I look like a tennis ball, which is ever so slightly rude. Anyway, before we get on with my talk, I want to say a huge thank you to a group of people who have made church continue to feel like church over the past few months. As you know, we've stopped gathering in person, but these guys have continued to make it possible for us to stay in touch and be part of the church community through small groups. So I raise a glass. I've got a glass of stuff here and say a huge thank you to all of our Connect Group hosts. Thank you for being such a solid part of who we are during a huge amount of change. We really appreciate every single one of you. So, on with the talk. The title of the talk is Curiouser and Curiouser. In 1865, one of the most famous and imaginative books ever written was created. It was by someone called Lewis Carroll and included a strange kind of Cheshire cat, a white rabbit, a mad hatter, and a girl called Alice. Of course, as you know, I'm talking about Alice in Wonderland. Now, last week was my sister's birthday, and she is a massive fan of these books. I won't tell you how old she is, just in case she's watching, 50. She's got a lovely Alice in Wonderland cut for her birthday with these famous words written on it. Curiouser and curiouser. Now, for me, I love the word curious. It means to be interested in learning new things, asking questions to find out deeper meanings and a lot more deeper information. Have a listen to a couple of these quotes from two of the most imaginative and curious thinkers. Here's the first one. I have no special talents. I'm only passionately curious. You might be surprised that that was by Albert Einstein. Curious, curiosity led him to some of the most amazing discoveries. Walt Disney, he said this, we keep moving forward, opening new doors and doing new things because we're curious and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. Now a friend of mine, he does a podcast He's a life coach and he has guests on who are really kind of down to earth and they love talking about things which really get you thinking. They were talking the other day about how lockdown has made the world feel so much smaller because we've been stuck indoors. And then they went on to talk about how interesting it is that so many people have rediscovered the great outdoors. The need to get outside and maybe start running or riding a bike and um, how being outside in nature really starts to begin to bring a sense of freedom and calm and for some a sense of tranquility. I don't know if it's the same for you, but when I've been stuck indoors for a long period of time, I really feel the need to just get outside. I think it's similar for lots of other people, and I think for many of us there's a sense of peace and calm that comes from when we're either down the seafront, if you're on the south coast, or by a stream, by the sea, up a mountain, or in the countryside, whatever it is. For some reason there's a real sense of connection with nature which seems to do us good. 
on this podcast, they went on to wonder where this kind of connection comes from, which I thought was a great question. For me, I became curious. It made me wonder if in some way this points to God. I wondered if God is real, which I believe he is, and if he made nature and people and everything around, which again, I really do believe he did, then did he make it so that we could actually enjoy it? Because it does us good. And does it reflect something of what God is like and who he is? Does this mean that God wants us to have enjoyment in life and this is just one way he's made for us to experience it? You see, I think God wants us to enjoy stuff. So for you, have you ever been curious about God? Even if you're a Christian or not, either way, what questions do you have about God? What makes you consider what God is even like? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to really know God? And I mean genuinely really know God. And on the flip side of those things, are there things which make you wonder if God isn't actually real? I know as well as anyone else, there are so many questions about God and if he exists and what he is like and why he does this, but he doesn't do that. And seeing as God is invisible and on a totally other level in terms of wisdom and knowledge and knowing stuff, you wouldn't be unfair in asking for a more tangible way to get to understand him. You think that if God wants to make himself known, then he'd have the sense to do it in a way which we are able to understand. I'm really pleased to say that I think that he has. Christianity believes that he has. And this is what we're going to spend a bit of time looking at. How do we find out what God is actually like? Have a listen to this part of the Bible. It's from John 1, 18. It's from a paraphrased version of the Bible. That means it's, it's kind of put into a slightly easier language to understand. And this paraphrased Bible is called the Passion Translation. Here's what he said. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God and his splendor except the uniquely beloved Son. That means that no one has ever seen how massively full and big God is except for one person. The Bible talks about this person being the beloved son. That is Jesus. Now, this Jesus is cherished by the Father. He's cherished by God and held close to God's heart. Now he has unfolded to us. Jesus has unfolded to us the full explanation of who God truly is. What this is saying is that if you want to know what God is like and what he's saying then take a good look at Jesus. Jesus shows us what God is like in a way in which we can understand. Now, this this may also leave us still with questions, but actually, questions are okay. They make us curious. It's like with Jesus, God's saying, like he's standing up and God's saying, let there be light, a light which shows humanity who God is. A light which shows us what he's like and what he has to say to us. This means when we look at Jesus, and I mean we really take time to understand and learn about him and from him and what he said, 
then for us personally, a light is being brought to our understanding which changes our perspective and view on everything. Now, we haven't got time to fully explain such a big topic, and um, this is why we run something called Alpha. Alpha is a course where you can sign up to um, on our uh, website at King's Church, and this gives space for questions and to open up things like, who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? Faith and prayer. It just gives space for you to find the questions, to some of, uh, find the answers to some of your questions. What we do have time for is this. A quick look at three different areas of Jesus' life which show us something of what God is like. The first one, Jesus stays around and shares your everyday life, so this means God does. When I read about Jesus' life, we see someone who's got friends, we see someone who's taken the time to be involved in the lives of other people. The main part of his life we read about in the Bible is mainly when he turns around 30 years old and he spends the rest of his life living closely with his 12 disciples. And they would have known each other inside out, like best mates, probably better than best mates. You see, Jesus isn't some kind of lucky charm or a magic genie who only appears to make your wish come true. He doesn't kind of weirdly float around all of a sudden just when you need him. He's all about the whole of your everyday life. It's personal and relational. I've been a Christian for about 24 years and have found that Christianity's main message isn't about right and wrong and me being a good boy. It's about knowing God personally, relationally, and God being involved in my everyday life and choices. See, Jesus shows me the way to live life in its fullest sense, with God. God wants you to know him. He wants you to know him personally and relationally. It's a daily thing. It's not some kind of fall back on plan just when life gets hard. Number two, Jesus isn't afraid to stand for truth and what's right, and this means neither is God. Let me ask you a question. What would it be like if God was flaky on the truth, if he was swayed by other people's opinions? I'm glad to say that he isn't, and that Jesus really shows us that he is all about truth. He speaks truth to people if they want to hear it or not. There was all sorts of reactions to Jesus, but he stood for what was true, what was right, and what was honest. I believe that what he says about life, what he says about God, what he says about choices and prayer and attitudes and so much more are all well worth understanding, well worth paying attention to, and well worth applying to life. But why? Why do I think this? It's not because he doesn't want us to enjoy life. But because I think in his heart, he knows what it looks like to live life to the full. And so I want to listen and follow someone like that. Life to the full doesn't really mean doing what I want to do any time I'd like. I've tried that, and to be honest, it's really hit and miss. But as someone who's a Christian, I follow Jesus, what he says, and I want to learn from him. I begin to see a difference in my attitudes and how I treat others and also how I treat myself. And I view the world I live in from a different angle. 
I'd love to be honest just for a moment. Life on the whole for some of us watching, I'm sure, is difficult. For some of us, it may be okay, even during this lockdown and pandemic. And that's okay. It is what it is. But Jesus brings truth, which is still important to look into because it raises questions which are bigger than life being good. It raises questions about life which you may not have ever even considered. One question might be that you can maybe ask is, have I asked all the questions I need to about what life is truly about? Don't let life being good fool you into believing you don't need to find out who God is, what he's like, and what he has to say to you. There may be truth for you to hear. Number three, in all Jesus says and does, he points us towards life, and so does God. Jesus' main message, which he lived out, talked through and expressed to people through miracles and signs and wonders, is that God is real, he loves you, and wants you to be in the right place with him. In all he did, he showed that God wants to restore back to right everything that's wrong, and that it all starts with Jesus. For this to happen, Jesus had to tackle the issue of sin, which is part of this message, of his message, which actually brings life. Jesus himself brings us forgiveness before God so that we know God and have eternal life. Not only does Jesus point us to God and reveal who God is and what he's like, he also makes the way for us to be right with God and know him. At the start, a little while ago, I read from the Passion Translation and the paraphrase bit of the Bible, and I'd love to do that again. We're going to read from John chapter 3. And here's what it says. For this is how God, um, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son, that's Jesus, as a gift So now everyone who believes in Jesus will never perish but experience everlasting life. God did not send Jesus into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its saviour and rescue it. So now there is now no longer any condemnation for those who believe in him, but the unbeliever already lives under condemnation because they do not believe in the name of God's beloved son, Jesus. The light of the world, Jesus, has now come into the world, but the hearts of people love their darkness more than they love the light. Jesus points us towards life through forgiveness. But we have to make the choice to believe he is who he says he is. The other option, we remain where we are, which is unforgiven, and we have to pay its price. You see, it's not about life being good or bad. It's about being taken from unforgiven to forgiven before God so that we are right with him. This is the start of life. Okay, so believing in God and Jesus and the Bible doesn't mean that you just leave your rational thinking or common sense at the door. We've talked through different things about life and God and Jesus, but is it irrational or is it rational? 
I'd love to spend just a couple of minutes helping to kickstart a bit of what I hope is some rational thinking. So, to start us off, here's a video clip. I hope you find it funny. You may have seen it before. It's the step ladder prank. I absolutely love that clip. It's a bit old now, I know, but every time I see it, it just makes me laugh. The poor guy on top of the roof was probably wondering what on earth was going on. He must have found it totally irrational until he realised someone was playing a prank on him down on the ground. What about Jesus? Is it so irrational that it's a prank that was made up a couple of thousand years ago? Or did Jesus really exist? It's historically proven that Jesus Christ existed. Most historians would agree that he existed, and it's written in historical documents that he existed. So if he did exist, and he said what he did, then I wonder if it leaves us with the same kind of thought process similar to C.S. Lewis, the author. Here's something that he said quite a while ago. And he was talking about the kind of thing Jesus said. Was he just a a good thinker or was he a lot more than this? A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be just a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who said he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let's not come up with some patronising nonsense about him being just a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us and he never intended to. You see, C.S. Lewis came to the thought that Jesus was either mad, bad, or actually he was who he said he was. We know he existed, so what did he say? So rationally speaking then, first thing, finding out if Jesus existed first. And if he did, listening to what he said next, and then making an informed choice is the third part. And I think that's a good way to explore and be curious about who God is, who Jesus is, what they have to say, and then coming to a conclusion whether you believe he is who he said he is. So Jesus brings us truth. He shows us the right way, and he makes the way for life and life to the full to begin. This is why Jesus is so central to knowing God. 
It literally is all through him. He shows us what God is like. He makes the way for us to be open to know and be right with God. The question is, do you believe he is who he says he is? And perhaps this question leads you to another question. Do you know enough about what he said to be able to make the choice meaningful? Usually we'd start a talk with a title, but I'm going to end with the title. So this has been part of our big question series and running and the, the title of the talk was supposed to be, why should I care about Jesus? I think I'd rather phrase it differently. Something like, should I take time to learn about Jesus? If you've ever wondered about the existence of God, if you've ever wondered about what God has to say to you, if you've ever wondered what God might be like and know God, or if you've got questions to believe that God doesn't exist, can I encourage you at the place where you are today, have a good look at Jesus. He shows us what God is like and he has to, what he has to say to us and he makes the way possible for us to know God. We'd love to help you keep finding out more about Jesus. You can sign up to Alpha on our website or just pop us an email with any questions you have and we'd love to help if we can. So thanks for taking the time to listen. I hope this raised questions for you. If you've been a Christian for a long time, then keep finding out who Jesus is, what he says about life. Keep learning and changing and growing. And if you're looking with curiosity and intrigue into the Christian faith, can I encourage you to look at Jesus? You could even pray and ask God to somehow let you know if he's real and help you see what he's like through Jesus. I hope this talk has really helped you become more curious about God and about Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. I'm looking forward to meeting up again when we can. But until then, let's not give up staying in touch, meeting together, encouraging one another. Stay safe and I'll see you soon.